I think that the ruby glass in typical Herzogian fashion can be read as a kind of metaphor for, you know, the unknowable. It symbolizes for me a time before uh, people thought that the universe or the natural order could be rationally understood, could be uncovered, could be, you know, exposed through inductive science and reason. It symbolizes a time before uh, human beings had learned to master nature and kind of manipulate it for their own ends. I think in another plausible reading, it also symbolizes the, the decline tragic decline in a way of a kind of craft society where objects really are unique. A time before, you know, industrialization standardizes everything and mass produces things. I'm not saying that Herzog literally had all of these things in mind in making the film, but that's what it means for me as a, as a fable or, or an allegory. All of Hayes's monologues uh, seem to gesture at this kind of chaos and disintegration that follows from, you know, the world being disenchanted. It is in many ways a fable about, you know, as, as you put it before, you know, what happens if you walk through, the, you know, this door that Herzog is so averse to walking through? And sometime, you know, in the last uh, few hundred years, our entire civilization did a version of that. And I don't know, I've, I've never considered myself, you know, I'm not like an ardent traditionalist or anything like that, but I've long been attracted to uh, the idea, kind of romanticist idea, that whether you see value in, you know, modernity or not, there is some kind of tragedy that's contained within that process, you know, something and perhaps something valuable or at least a particular type of coherence uh, that may have once existed is lost and can never be retrieved. One last thing I'd like to bring up about this movie is a couple months ago, I watched Herzog's remake of Nosferatu from 1979 for the first time in many years. And that movie lingers much more than F.W. Murnau's original film did on the breakdown of society after the vampire comes to town and the plague is spread. The breakdown of society is, is central to this movie. And I think that this is something that Herzog is uh, fascinated by, maybe afraid of. But if Herzog has a politics, I think there's something there. I also recently was flipping through that book, Herzog, A Guide for the Perplexed, and, you know, he doesn't consider himself a capital P political person. There are a number of parts where he's sort of uh, snide and dismissive about, you know, let's let's call them like 1968-style Parisian revolutionaries, that sort of left-winger. But in Nosferatu and in this movie, uh, you can see that he is open to the idea of the dissolution between any barrier or any distinction between serf and master, you know? The breakdown of society in Nosferatu is not an entirely tragic thing. You see the society sort of break into a sort of party as it's going down. You can see throughout his movies a skepticism of any distinction between so-called civilization and so-called barbarism. It's funny, we were just talking about Mondo Kane. <laughs> that movie also has a sort of skepticism. Uh, but, yeah, but, you're right, it's practically Herzogian. <laughs> but it's different. It's like he, he wants to um, elevate what we would call barbarism to what we would call civilization, or, or he wants to elevate those people to us rather than bring us down to them, if you know what I mean. It's the difference between him and a racist worldview. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, you know, you'll see throughout his films, um, I mean, at his worst, Herzog might indulge in a sort of like noble savage trope. But at his best, I think he's quite respectful and curious about other cultures. And 
in his own self-mythology, his own self-conception, you'll constantly see him almost want to imagine himself as a sort of primitive, a primitive artist, I mean. Like, uh, he's constantly talking about how he hates film scholarship. He's constantly presenting himself as self-taught. Well, have you ever seen the little promo for the Werner Herzog Masterclass where he says that thing, like, I don't know if you ever see those ads on Facebook, yeah, yeah, yeah. where he says that thing about, like, you know, young filmmakers come to me and they tell me, oh, I have hours of footage and my heart sinks, you know? He's very against that kind of, like, you know, excessively formalistic approach to filmmaking where, you know, you like, he's, like, dead set against what, like, you know, for example, Stanley Kubrick did on you know eyes wide shot where it's like we have to get the perfect shot of Tom Cruise walking through a door Herzog famously doesn't like or, or refuses to use storyboards in making his films which I'm sure at times um, is quite frustrating for his collaborators <laughs> but maybe at, maybe at other times gives the films a sense of earthiness and spontaneity I don't know but in this movie you can see that he he regards civilization as fragile and impermanent much like the glass is. And I, I think he likes to imagine himself as invulnerable to, you know, <laughs> the collapse of civilization. He regards his talents as like God given in some sense. And come from within him. Well, intrinsic as opposed to like, again, this is the same aversion to kind of like systematic, you know, thinking or formalization. They won't disintegrate. He's a a, a romantic. He really is. They won't disintegrate if you don't have access to paper to draw a storyboard. Mm 